Fear not, ladies and gentlemen. All of humanity is not to blame for epic tragedies throughout history. Chance and probability has been skewed and lives ruined by one inept time traveler that for some unknown reason is the only one that can withstand time travel. Gary Ziegler, stranded in the past, is the Time Twist. Gee, Father, I cannot wait to enter the airship. It's quite a beaut. What on earth? This man just appeared from the ether. I am bewildered, son. He came from nowhere in a brilliant flash of light. Oh, where am I? Is that the Goodyear blimp? I'm not sure what you mean, sir. This is the Hindenburg, and we are about to board soon for New Jersey. Uh, this will be my first time on an airship, but Father's been on them many times. We built a model of it at home. Yes, rubber cement and newspaper made a quite a good representation of it. Um, come on now, son. It's almost time to board. Okay. Now, wait just a minute. This is such a beautiful experience of father and son spending time together. It reminds me of when my father and I would, would build model rockets. And you know what? Come here, little buddy. I got something for you. This is something my father gave me when we were finishing one of those rockets. And I want you to have it, as I don't have a son of my own. Gee, thanks, mister. Well, we better get going. Yes, thank you, thank you. Oh, bye. Bye, see you. Okay, bye. Oh, dadgummit. I bet I'm going to get in trouble from those time scientists again. But you know what? I don't see how one big lighter could change the course of history. This is Gary on the time phone. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Well, all I did was give him a windproof big lighter. It's what my dad and I used to light the rocket fuses with. Oh, what do you say? What do you say? Oh, wooden frame. No hydrogen. Oh, gee willikers. Quiet your mind. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Welcome to Donna Mantis. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to go to www.donnamantis.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Donna Mantis. Joe, what's going on tonight? Not a whole lot, man. How are you? Good. So the time travel little skit at the beginning yeah. was uh, kind of, um, you know, a segue in a way, yes. right? Yes. So could you please explain, sir? Yes, folks. Uh, Ivan and I are going to be embarking on just several fun adventures. For the next three weeks. Yes. Uh, so we will kind of be taken away from the ability to podcast. So what we have done, what we've done, we've time traveled 
back into the past. Ooh. Roughly to a year and a half to two years ago. Not yes. very far back. No, not too far. But we've mentioned it before. <laughs> we've done uh, the first version of this podcast. We started out as Where on Earth Is, and we did 12 episodes mm-hmm. uh, under that moniker. And then uh, we took a few months break and formatted. Donna Manis came back, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so uh, because we are not going to be able to be in and recording new episodes for the next few weeks, we are going to reach back into the past. Into and, the uh, vault. Into the vault. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. And and pluck out uh, three of our favorite episodes yeah. from that 12. Yeah. And we're going to re-air those. Um, really, we didn't have any listeners then, so mo- you, if you're listening now, you probably didn't hear them. It's kind of like in the 80s when a TV show got really lazy and they made a person <laughs> get hit on the head, and then the, the parents were trying to explain to the kid what their life is. And so they did like a bunch of flashbacks of yeah. other episodes. Yeah. So it was really just like four minutes of filming and the rest was old episodes. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing. So I got knocked on the head. I want to hear this thing again. Exactly. To, to remember the old days. And honestly, a year and a half ago. I haven't listened to this episode yeah. since we aired yeah. it. Yeah. I'll so listen to it. I yeah. don't remember it at all. It's going to yeah. be news to me. Yeah. So this <laughs> is episode 69, The Falk Monster. Enjoy it. As far back as the early 1800s, around the Sulphur River bottoms in the southern area of Arkansas, people have been seeing something. By the mid-20th century, people in the area were quite familiar with tall tales of a large, menacing figure lurking in the woods and along the creek banks surrounding the small town of Falk. But a rash of sightings, an attack, and a low-budget movie that would soon become a cult classic turned this once obscure local legend into a nationwide media sensation. And although sightings have decreased since the 70s, they do still persist to this day, leaving countless witnesses, local townsfolk, believers, and skeptics to wonder, where on earth is the Falk Monster? Okay, episode 10, is that correct? 69. I so. And yeah. it's uh, a special edition episode. Yes. Um, before we were talking about missing persons and um, crimes and things like that, but this is um, kind of like cryptozoology. Well, it is cryptozoology. Exactly. And this is a listener-suggested episode, that listener being Ivan. Oh, yeah. I am I, I, a listener as well. I just thought it might be a good idea to change things up and every once in a while throw in something kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we don't have a ton of listeners anyway, but <laughs> if for some reason, you know, maybe somebody's like, oh, I'll kind of skip that one. I don't believe in that kind of joke. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to find that we might be more similar than than far away from that particular listener. Yeah, this I think this is going to be a very balanced and non-bias. We don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah, that's true. Or I don't. I don't think yeah, you don't either. No. So not this really. is just going to be us looking and just uh, describing what we're observing. That's right. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Okay. All right. So, so yeah, uh, as you heard, this one is another local one. Um 
But homers, uh, homers this week again. Homers this week again. The city of Falk was named after James H. Falk, a lumberman and railroad executive who had been generous to the small settlement that had been there since 1890. He had helped the community and even donated the land for a school. The town experienced growth due to its farming and timber potential and the construction of a new depot by Texas and Pacific Railroad, followed by an oil boom in the 1920s and the construction of the U.S. Route 71 eight years later. The town covers an area of one square mile and has a population of around 800 people. During the 20s and mid-30s, the interstate highway system was not well established, so Falk's location was perfect for criminal activity. Uh, it sits in the southwestern corner of Arkansas, so criminals could come into town, handle their shady business, and hop back west across the border to Texas or south to Louisiana, both just miles away. So Fout became known for its violence and illegal liquor trafficking caused by the Prohibition Act of 1920. Hmm. So that was Falk's earliest years right there. But in just a few years, Falk would become known for something else entirely. So many areas have a mysterious local legend. Mexico has El Chupacabra. The northeast portion of America has the Jersey Devil. The northwest has Bigfoot. Louisiana has the Honey Island Swamp Monster. And West Virginia has the Mothman. And apart from those more well-known phenomena, almost every town has a local legend, uh, whether it be a dead man's curve where the souls who perish there can at times supposedly be seen in the darkness, or a crybaby bridge where a young mother lost her baby years ago and the child can still be heard crying just around midnight. Where I grew up, it was Goatman. Did you ever hear of Goatman? Oh, yeah, definitely. You did? Definitely, yeah. We, okay. We, uh, um, we, we know about Goatman. It's kind of a funny story. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, there's, there's a local area where, where I live, and they always say that Goatman, you know, hangs out down there. Um, but the, one of the stories I heard from a kid, they said that he's extremely helpful. So if... <laughs> You know, he's rarely ever seen unless someone's in need. Oh, really? He runs up. And, <laughs> he's like Superman. Yeah, he, he knows CPR, I guess. So uh, yeah, <laughs> CPR certified. So, any, anyway, um, hey, um, you know, uh, you can't prove a not. That's you, right. You know, it's so, impossible to. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, okay, folk, Falk, I'm sorry, and the area surrounding it had a local legend, too. Uh, this one stretched back all the way to the days of the Cato Indians, long before Falk even existed. As far back as 1834, the natives and cattlemen who occupied the territory were reporting sightings of a large, bipedal creature roughly seven feet tall and covered in thick, reddish-brown hair. An article in the Louisiana Cato Gazette in 1856 even reported that the creature had supposedly stolen a hunter's horse and rode away with it. For whatever reason, the first official sighting, and I did air quotes, seems to be considered in 1908 by a 10-year-old girl in Falk who described seeing a tall, hairy beast. So, you know, I'm no historian, but I wonder if they had, like, insurance on... <laughs> so it's like an insurance fraud thing, you know. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to file a claim because my horse was stolen by a Sasquatch. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's, it's my just... horse was stolen. What happened to it? Bigfoot made off with it. Yeah. There I was at the Harry Gut Saloon. Why is it the guy from Green Acres? <laughs> Mr. Haney. Yeah. But that's a great impression. That's just what I hear, you yeah, know. I do too. I do too. 
Um, the sightings continued throughout the years, and although there were spans of time with very few sightings, there were also sporadic clusters of sightings as well. Uh, one such cluster was in 1955. This year, the Victoria Advocate newspaper reported an incident where a witness shot off 15 rounds at the creature with his rifle. Another witness came uh, forward this year, claiming he saw the creature washing his hands in the creek before notice, noticing him and running into the woods. I didn't know Bigfoot was uh, a clean neat freak. freak. Yeah, yeah, clean freak. But anyway, another cluster occurred 10 years later when a slew of sightings came in from fishermen, hunters, and townsfolk. One teenage boy encountered a hairy man or ape-like beast near a lake on his family's property. It was described as a seven-foot-tall uh, creature with reddish-brown hair about four inches long all over its body. It stood upright like a man but had extra-long arms. As the thing approached, he fired at it with his shotgun three times and fled. And that's a theme we're going to hear. This is yeah. southern Arkansas way back when. Everybody, I guess, is packing mm-hmm. armed to the teeth. And Yeah, I, I wish they wouldn't try to kill it. I, the, immediately. it's It could be the last one. I know. I mean, um, but I guess fear and makes you do funny things. I guess. But uh, let's say it's a hoax and there's a guy in a suit. You're going to shoot at it. Of course, I don't think anyone would be, well, I don't know. I don't want to say that. You just read news stories all the time, and then you can, you know, you don't want to say no one could be that dumb because then you read something, you're okay, maybe they can. But well, true, but I was going to bring that up later. Okay. As many time, almost every sighting is accompanied by, and then we shot at it. So I don't, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and I, we'll get into this more later. But I think it's safe to say, unless you're suicidal, yeah. you're not going to go trudging around southern exactly. Arkansas in a gorilla suit. Exactly. <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it. No. Um, actually, during hunting season, I, I don't. I try not to stay to go in the woods at all. Yeah. Uh, in, especially in a place where I think there's going to be hunting, because I mean it's. Um, so I years ago when I was a teenager, I had a uh, grocery manager that owned a lot of land, and he he had a back patio that he was really proud of that he spent a lot of time on and he wasn't a hunter, but he had a lot of property, obviously. So he said out of his back patio, there was a big gully and he could see for a long ways away. And he said, he said, I, I see these Elmer Fudd types (laughs) sneaking around in the woods and there's like five of them at one time, maybe. And they all don't know they're there (laughs) and they're just kind of creeping around, like walking around and, and you'll see one, and then you'll see another, and they're crossing paths. And and he said, I would never hunt no. because of that. I just watch them, and I just sit up there and 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 just kind of chuckle to myself. So yeah. um, I, I'm not saying all hunters are like that. But, I mean, you can't see in a, in a you know, a thick forest. So um, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but... Well, I said it anyway. because there's idiots out there. That's right. And I was one of those idiots. Do you remember? This has been a long time ago. This has been, we've been friends for what, 17 or 18 years? Mm-hmm. So this may have been even before that. Period. Oh, is this thing about the horse? The- uh, this is the thing. So that house that I lived in yeah. when we met, you know, there was my backyard. And then behind my backyard, there was maybe 50 yards of woods. Mm-hmm. And then it just dropped off yeah. to, into this like 50 or 60 foot deep uh, valley. Uh, there was a period of time where we were hearing at night footsteps and it sounded like a person uh, walking in the woods behind my house. Was that, do you, were you around I do for that? I remember that. 
I got obsessed with trying to figure out who or what it was. So I even ran extension cords out into the woods and I put lights in some of the trees where I could just flip a switch. Uh, I do remember this. Yes. And and all the woods would just be like, just like lit up. And I got to think, I, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't get to thinking. I wasn't thinking because I remember one night and this is completely idiotic, but I heard the trudging around out there. Right. And I was like fed up with it. I'm like, I didn't think it was a person or I wouldn't mm-hmm. have done this, but I got my rifle because I tried to flip on the switch and I guess it had been unplugged somewhere out in the woods. I just got my rifle and just shot like 10 shots out into the woods. And I heard <laughs> like that. Yeah. So I, whatever it was, um, it was private property. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it shouldn't have been a person. No, no and, it shouldn't have been. And, and I didn't hear of anyone turning up dead the next day. But, uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. Well, but, uh, you know, everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I can't I can't defend you in that situation, but I do understand at least. Yeah. Um, didn't it? Didn't you have a horse out there and it would mess with the horse and the horse would go crazy? Yeah, I forgot That's, about that yeah, part of it. Yeah. I forgot about that part yeah. of it. Yeah. So, anyway... Yeah, so yeah, I'm not now. Stuff. Look, I'm not claiming that that was a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. It was. Um, it was an unidentified walking object. That's U- right. UWO. Hey, that's what it, <laughs> that's what these things should be called. I think we stumbled onto something. Here. UWOs. But just uh, for anyone listening, uh, don't just shoot into the woods if you no. hear. Yeah, that's no. don't do that. We need that. Uh, the more you know, music. <laughs> But I, yeah, I'm, and I, so that was, I've done some tremendously stupid things way back in my past. So that was just another me, one. Me of, too, but I'm not going to put them on the podcast. You, <laughs> you are, you are braver than I. <laughs> so this next excerpt, uh, I'm going to go ahead and plug this website. I got some of the uh, information for the accounts and sightings off falcmonster.net. Okay. And it had chronological order of over 60 sightings, and it was a lot of good information. In December of 1969 in Falk, Arkansas, a family of four was driving on Highway 71 north of Falk at night when they spotted what they thought was a man in a fur coat walking towards them on the side of the road. It was cold and close to Christmas, so they decided to slow down and offer a ride. As they got closer, they realized it was not a man in a fur coat, but instead some kind of thing covered in hair. As they approached with the bright lights on, the thing stopped and raised its arm to shield the light from its eyes. The arm was thick, hairy, and muscular. Its body was covered in brown, shaggy hair with longer hair over its face. The legs appeared to be caked in mud from the knees down. Frightened, the family quickly sped off, wondering what they had just seen. Yeah. So that was in 1969. Um, But I mentioned that there were clusters. There There were areas of large amounts of sightings and the largest was in 1971. Mm-hmm. Um, in May of that year, Mr. D Woods and his wife Wilma and a friend were traveling just outside of Falk one night when they reportedly saw a huge hairy creature run across the road and into the woods. Wilma Woods reported, and I quote, it was hunched over and running upright. It was swinging its arms kind of like a monkey does. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me, but there it was. My husband turned to me after it crossed and asked if I saw it too. End quote. The Woods family uh, were res- respected citizens and upstanding members of the community, so this report was taken rather seriously. Many of the sightings occurred along Route 71, which spans 300 miles across the state and another 1,200 miles beyond that. 
another well-known sighting occurred at Mercer Bayou in Miller County. A family was preparing to put their boat in the lake, and they heard a long howl and then looked over to notice a giant hairy creature emerge from the woods. Once again, several campers scurried to grab a, a rifle and fire off shots at the creature, but it immediately fled back into the trees. During 1971 alone, dozens of sightings were reported in the local newspapers. Local farmer Willie Smith owned a soybean field outside of town that was ground zero for many of the sightings, and plaster casts were even made of the large three-toed footprints found there. Witnesses included respected citizens, hunters, policemen, and campers. I want one of those casts. I've always wanted one. Really? Even if I was to make it. <laughs> you know? We can make one. I, I just I just want one on a shelf for a conversation starter. Yeah. Or ender. I mean, <laughs> They, they see it. Oh, uh, oh, it's getting late. I better go. But you know that's weird. This is the out of all the research I did because I, I checked into a lot of other Bigfoot, Sasquatch type sightings mm-hmm. and other areas. This is the only one. I take that back. This one, and I think uh, we had mentioned the Honey Island Swamp Monster in mm-hmm. Louisiana. These two are the only two I found where it was three toed. Like even most other Bigfoot enthusiasts were like, "Oh, that one's bullcrap," because they got yeah. everyone knows they got five toes, you know? Yeah, yeah, everyone knows. <laughs> everyone knows this unknown thing. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I, I was not aware of the three toed. Um, I've, I've watched a lot of things and read some things, and and I don't remember ever hearing that. So that's we we're learning. That's yeah, cool. and they also I don't even think I wrote this down, but they were weirdly proportioned so they were kind of skinny long they were like 12 or 14 inches long and four inches wide feet okay which i I kind of remember something like that yeah that that's weird Mm -hmm. Uh, so that raised eyebrows but anyway another notable sighting was by carl finch the founder of the grammy award-winning group brave combo he had reported that while driving through the area late one evening he and his cousin had witnessed a large bipedal hairy creature along the road he had cast it off as a trick of the light or something he just couldn't explain until he saw a certain drive-in horror flick a few years later, which brings us to the most famous account of the Falk monster or the Boggy Creek monster as it is also known. And I've also heard it called the Southern Sasquatch, okay. which is my favorite. Yeah. Because I picture a regular Bigfoot, but with a trucker hat. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> maybe a rebel flag tattoo. Yeah. He's got a skull ring. He shaved a certain part of his body so they could get the tattoo. And then they, you know, they don't let that grow back. They, he uses, he uses like nair on that. Waxes it. He has a bumper sticker where a tramp stamp would be that says build the wall. But anyway. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So the encounter with the Ford family in May of 1971 is the most famous sighting of this dude. Uh, Bobby and Elizabeth Ford claimed that they were attacked in their home on the evening of May 2nd. Uh, Elizabeth claimed the creature had reached right into her window to grab her, but was chased away by Bobby and his brother Dan, who had just returned from a hunting trip. The family was shaken and traumatized for several hours until the creature returned later that night. This time, when Bobby ran out to scare it away, the creature attacked him, throwing him violently to the ground. He was rushed to St. Michael Hospital in Texarkana and treated for large gashes in his back. He was in mild shock when he arrived. And all this all this is true. Mm-hmm. Like, that part is absolutely and true. Is this, did you find, and I've always wondered this about this account, did you find that this is one, this is one of the earliest or the earliest attack? Because there's several now. Um, 
obviously, but I think I remember reading that this was maybe the first. This was the well, first I found. Okay. Yeah. Because so. there were some, uh, there were some hunters or no loggers in Washington State that were supposedly attacked, and they were rocked like stoned. And not they weren't stoned. They were stoned, and they thought they got well, attacked. Maybe they were. Big... Maybe they were. I don't know. But they were. The there there was something throwing large. I mean, like larger than basketball size rocks at the cabin they were staying in. Really, they were in there for like hours and hours and hours. It it became famous on in search of uh, Leonard Nimoy. Okay, and and that's that's in the eighties. In the eighties, do you also remember? Not too far from here, I think it was in the late seventies. In a little town across the state line in Oklahoma called Stillwell, mm-hmm. um, I read a story and I, I found the old newspaper paper article where I think it was one or two teenage boys had claimed they had been attacked by Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And I talked to my uncle and a few locals, yeah. and they remember it being on the news. Really? Uh, this boy had hair from it, and they sent it to the – I want to say maybe it was uh, the the – OSU or something. Anyway, that doesn't matter. It ended up being like hair from a donkey donkey's tail or something. They were attacked by donkeys. And they, (laughs) they later, that's, that's way better. If my memory serves correctly, they later recanted the whole thing, but it was like a media sensation just for a second. Um, but yeah, the last media sensation I remember was the guy that said he had one in his freezer. Oh really? Yeah. And it was a big, like big, like, um, you know, poker game. He's like, no, I'm not going to show my stuff until this. He had like <laughs> demands almost. And then he, then he eventually did. And they figured out it was something else. But, <laughs> but I do remember that, that got, a, they had to scroll way down on the news sites to find that one, but wow. it, did, it did get some press because I was kind of excited. I, 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 I want to believe, but I just don't. I know that's what, yeah, that's me. I mean, I, I already, I've already given my, you know, thing that I wait for the end of the show, but <laughs> I, well, I just, have I you seen don't. the really, but I have reasons that I would, but I don't have you I'll seen that later. There's really good video of Bigfoot where, uh, he's cooking something on a campfire and someone unscrews the top off of his salt <laughs> shaker. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. You should not mess. Do, do not shoot and mess with that. What commercial was that for? It's, it's Jack links, Jack links. Yeah. And they're not a sponsor. Cause um, they know, but he goes to put the salt on and he's this episode of where on earth is it's brought to you by Jack links. Jerky. <laughs> Get the three ounce pack teriyaki style. So he was rushed to St. Michael hospital in Texarkana and treated for large gashes in his back. He was in mild, mild shock when he arrived. Uh, the family described the creature as huge furry beast standing on two legs with long muscular arms. This is going to get repetitive, but yeah, that's one good thing in the favor of all the witnesses. They, they, they describe the exact same creature time after time after time back at the Ford residence, police and reporters found damage to the porch and the siding and around the window. Elizabeth claimed the creature had reached through the family had fired multiple shots at the creature and believed to have hit it, but no blood was found. Footprints were found, large and three-toed, exactly like those found in Willie Smith's soybean field. Dun-dun-dun. Mm. Yeah. Um, and for years, the sightings were basically shrugged off as a curious local legend. The sheriff's deputies and the local police had grown so used to taking reports on sightings of the creature that they hardly gave it a second thought. But the explosion of sightings in 1971, and most notably the attack on the Ford family, garnered a lot of attention on the tiny town of Falk and also caught the eye of Charles B. Pierce. 
an Arkansas ad executive and small-time commercial director. Now, aside from those things, Charles was a couple of other things as well, an opportunist and an entrepreneur. He saw a potentially lucrative story in the small town of Falk, one that he thought could be turned into a film. So Charles placed his bet and laid down the money to record or film, I'm sorry, the Boggy Creek monster documentary known as The Legend of Boggy I love it. Creek. I love it. He quickly collected $160,000, most of which was borrowed from a local trucking company, grabbed his old 35-millimeter camera, and headed down to Falk. He used mostly local citizens, high schoolers, his son Chuck Jr., and nearby college students for the film. It was one of the first ever shot in the pseudo-documentary style, like, you know, Blair Witch Project and stuff would do later, and features many of the actual witnesses recounting their stories in the very places they claim to have seen the creature. Townsfolk tell of seeing the beast in various areas and situations, and a farmer recalls how the creature picked up two 100-pound hogs and carried them away with little effort. So the movie, The Legend of Bobby... Bog, Bobby... Old Bobby Creek. Bobby Fisher. He lives now. Yeah. The Legend of Boggy Creek premiered in December of 1972. It played mostly at drive-in theaters throughout the country and did very well. You know, the budget was $160,000. It earned close to $25 million. Wow. It was the 10th highest grossing film in 1972. And it, the $160,000 budget really comes through because it looks like it was filmed on a potato. Yeah, it's it, it's it's rough. Not well done, but but it is. <laughs> but it is. Yeah, it's I, it's almost like the quality helps it. the The lack of quality helps it. Yeah, that's it true. It gives it it gives it kind of an eerie feel almost. Yeah, yeah. Almost like a couple of guys just filmed it with a handy cam, and and you know it's better than that. Obviously, well, it was literally like an old thirty five millimeter. Yeah. Like even in nineteen seventy two. Or one, it was not a good camera. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So the thing so. that surprises me about it the most, and 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 I don't know if we're allowed to even say this, but I'm going to say it. It's on YouTube. Anyone can watch it at any time for free. The trailer right here. We're going to play. All right. Play a little bit of it All for right, you right now. It's really cool. Here in this primitive river bottom wilderness in southern Arkansas, along with deer duck, crane, and beaver, lurks a creature that walks upright. Whether it is a man, a monster, or a myth, no one really knows. What we do know is the people around Falk, Arkansas, say they have seen such a creature nearly 250 times since 1954, and that this creature, whatever it is, emits one of the most terrifying sounds ever recorded. All right, so we'll... we'll Killer, I like it. that right there. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, mean, for being, you know, kind of a cheap movie, it's really well done. Yeah. Um... Very, very cool vision in that. Yeah, go Charles B. Pierce. He yeah. had a vision and it paid off yeah. like enormously. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I just kind of wonder, did he hear about it and then just head down there? And I, I don't know. That's that's really cool. Maybe he's looking for something to, to do. It's like, this is it. Yeah. Because you know, it seems like it's a pretty fast 
So the sightings started coming in in the late 60s. I mean, like the public ones where right. everyone's buzzing about it. Yeah. Or maybe early 70s. And then he goes down and, um, or I think you're talking about 71 was the famous one. So Yeah, that was the big, the famous yeah. one in the big cluster. So that, uh, that's, that's really cool. That, that well, was made. His film uh, did a lot to perpetuate the Bigfoot legend in popular culture. Uh, the city of Vol- uh, Falk now holds uh, the Boggy Creek Festival annually to bring th- together the community and share stories we should go. of the Falk monster. I know, right? Yeah, that'd be It's so cool. far down there, but I'd love it, to go. It is, it is. It's, My, it's a great drive, though. It's Well, it's not a great drive, but <laughs> the scenic, it's very scenic. Oh, yeah. This, uh, this is really funny. Uh, so at this time... Uh, and this was not, this is, I guess, maybe more in the 80s uh, and maybe late 70s. But anyway, uh, you know, my stepdad, mm-hmm. he lived up in Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, but they had family down in this area and I think a little further down into Arkansas. And anyway, uh, my my stepdad's best, bro- my best friend and his brother would come down here with him like in the summer and, and visit other family, well, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, after that movie came out, or maybe not after it came out, but maybe after he had seen the movie anyway, because I don't think it was all the way back in 72 or 3, um, he would not step foot in the state of Arkansas and didn't even want to come back down to Really? Oakland. Oh, yeah, he's a grown man. Uh, I don't want to say his name, but uh, <laughs> he's he's an awesome guy, too. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, my, my step out said, enough. He, oh, yeah, he was just like, not going down there anymore. Sorry. Not wow. doing it. it scared the hell out of him. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, <laughs> I watched it first when i was like 16 or 17 and it freaked me out some but i could see someone if it hit them just right i guess it resonated with him because i think i think what really gives it a lot of um clout i don't know if that's the right word but just the older people in in that that swear by it being true Mm -hmm. and and whenever you're you're a kid or younger and someone in their 60s or 70s or 80s says, this thing's real. We've seen it. My mm-hmm. my dad's seen it. That's that, especially if you respect your elders like you should. I mean, it it, it definitely speaks to you. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. It, you, you, I mean, you almost take it as gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sure. So really quickly, speaking of that, my dad. So I met you just a few years after my dad passed. Mm-hmm. So... He told me a story, uh, and this was back, I think, in the mid-70s. So, and I don't think I've told you this story before, but it was him and three of my uncles and then, like, one of my maybe aunt, one of, like, a boyfriend of hers at the time because she was younger and not married yet. Anyway, they were out on a boat in Lake Tenkiller over in Oklahoma, and they were fishing one night. And, and I mean, to his dying day, my dad swore to this. He said, and this is not Bigfoot, but this is just you being told something by an, an elder exactly. that you respect. And I was really into UFOs as a kid. I still am, uh, even though if I don't know if I believe or not. But anyway, he, his story was we were fishing one night and this thing just appeared over the mountain. And I think it was for like two hours. It was in the sky and it would jet over to the left and, and float there. It would jet over to the right. And I remember, I, I believe it was one of my uncle's who had said, if you don't take the boat back to the, the shore, I'm swimming. And I remember my dad's, and this sounds like my dad, but he said, if they want to get you, they'll get you. Only difference is you'll be cold and wet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, this it's is probably so terrifying. Very logical though. But so he told me that story and 
I cornered my uncles one at a time, eventually one by one. And these guys are, they were all, uh, I don't know if anyone listening knows anyone like this, but, but, but basically all my uncles are just old fashioned kind of hard nosed cowboy types. They grew up out in the plains, of Oklahoma and, and they were, I think they were all, uh, 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 like champion horse riders and wrote, they were in the rodeo. So these guys are not going to be like, sit down. Let me tell you about the UFO. Yeah, I they don't want to talk about that. No. So the most I got, I think one uncle was like, well, yeah, we saw something, but they did not want to talk about it. Wow. They shut me down. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, so, and my dad was the, basically the only one who would really talk anything, say much about it. And, uh, See, that, that kind of stuff's really neat. And along that same line, uh, I just, another story that I like to tell real quick when I was a little kid, the church that we went to out in the middle of nowhere down over in Oklahoma, the pastor was this little short Indian man named Bill Grass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he wore like slacks with like a, some sort of Western shirt and, and, and these, uh, like a big old belt buckle and these snakeskin boots and a big old cowboy hat and sunglasses. I'm like, he was, a, he was a character, but he, in the middle of a sermon one time, I don't remember what I wasn't paying attention until he said this word, but he was like, he, he told the story of how they were having a hog fry one night out on his back patio and they saw a UFO and he said, UFO, this old timey preacher. So I remember being a little kid and I was like, like I just perked up. Like, what did he say? I'm not daydreaming anymore. No, no. And he said, you know, kind of the same thing. It's, it did this, did this, it juked and went back and forth and then shot off. And I'll never forget. He said, and I'm a God-fearing man. You all know that. The only thing in my gut was Pepsi and hog fry. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So That's uh, awesome. He said, I know what I saw. But I mean, I was like, ah, I thought that was so cool. And see, I get I get very torn when, when we talk about like this subject because the science side of me knows that eyewitness testimony is a really weak thing, it's, mm-hmm. especially in science, but even in the court of law. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be convicted unless just off eyewitness testimony Thank and God. no other evidence. Yeah. Good. That, is, that is a good yeah. thing. But, you know, as, as, as maybe the other side of me that really wants to trust people looks at that and thinks, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I know. I mean, what would, what would he, what reason would he have? And, right. and when your own father says it, and then again, you have to, the logical side has to come in there and say, well, maybe it was something else. And they mm-hmm. truly believed it was that it's That's just right. murky territory, right? Well, there. even Carl Sagan, I can't think of the exact quote, but he's talking about how imagination without science, without imagination, mm. you know, science doesn't work because you have to, um, and really, I think what he's referring to um, is sometimes it takes a really imaginative hypothesis and then you test that hypothesis and see if you're right or wrong about that. So you have to have a certain amount of imagination. Um, Obviously that's not a testable thing. Um, I mean, it is, but it isn't. I I don't know how you could really test it, but um, you definitely can't test eyewitness testimony in any way. Unfortunately. And and it doesn't, you, you can't, you can't scrutinize that like like you'd like to. Um, I guess I guess back to the Bigfoot thing. I used to be a total denier, and if somebody would ever talk about it, I would just kind of chuckle to myself and think, "Oh, that's a bunch of junk." But, and this goes back to what we're talking about. 
somebody that I really respect, and I don't know the guy personally, but I've watched a lot of episodes of Survivor Man, Les Stroud. Oh, yeah, yeah. Les Stroud, he has spent millions of hours. I'm just saying millions, because if you don't know how many, you just say millions. <laughs> um, in Out by himself, even before he did the show Survivor Man, he was a wildlife photographer. That's how he got it. Or, or videographer, sorry. Okay. That's how he got his start and figured out he should do the show, because he's by himself already. So then he said, well, I should do a thing. And I think maybe he had uh, someone help him formulate the format for the show. Okay. <laughs> formulate the format. <laughs> but he, and he had, he had some episodes of Survivor Man Bigfoot. And I watched some of them. Um, but whenever he said, he's never really said that he believes, like, but he's given evidence and he's shown some fuzzy footage, just like they all do. Yeah. Um, Mitch but Hedberg. It, it brought me to into the believing phase just a little bit, just because of the respect I have for the guy. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, um, and, and it's all TV, so I try to be skeptical about a TV personality because it is still a TV personality. But there's obviously some that even even from our point of view, you can look at and say that that guy is not, you know, anything awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that. And then, um, and I'm going to talk for a while here, I guess. No, go ahead. Here I go again on another thing. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has, um, and he's not talking directly about Bigfoot, but, and I'm going to loosely quote this because I can't remember the exact things that he said, but he has this thing that he talks about how, you know, and I can't remember what he says, one or 2% difference between us and, and say a chimpanzee, um, as far as like, um, brain power. Okay. Um, our, well, just how different we are physiologically, you know, you know, so, um, that's not right. But anyway, um, so if you think about what they're able to do, they can learn words, they can sign, they can do sign language. Um, they can communicate with us uh, almost, you know, a lot deeper than say, uh, you know, any other animal, um, Mm -hmm. dolphin or, 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 you know, our four legged friends. But if you think about just that small difference that we have and so much more that we can do, you know, mathematics, science, art, all those things. Yeah. Um, in that small little bit of difference. So let, and this is me talking now, not him. What if there's something in the middle that is in between chimpanzee and us, it would be smart enough probably to know, to stay away from us, to yeah. know, to, you know, though well, that's basically all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, to no, be, I get it. To be, I mean, if you know anything about humanity, uh, you would want to not be caught. And, and animals are like that anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, you see a coyote out in the woods and it runs away from you. But it's not, maybe it's not at the ability that, uh, say, a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch is, like almost us. Yeah, as far as and for good reason because what what did I just read twenty times, <laughs> and then they shot at it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so now I'm still way over on the side of not believing, but I'm a little I skewed a little bit towards the middle when I think about those things. And back to the Neil deGrasse Tyson thing, he's and to finish that thought to to in case somebody's wonder why he's even saying that, because if we ever met an alien civilization, and this goes back to what your dad was saying. If we go back to that, um, 
that little bit, say there's that same difference, you know, you have chimpanzees, us, and then the aliens, 1% difference. Yeah. So, and they might look at us and say, well, um, that one, they call him Stephen Hawking can do, uh, you know, physics equations in his head. Right. And the rest can't. So he's, he's, he's special, but maybe their little kids are learning uh, relativity when they're in kindergarten. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And that's almost like when we look at apes and there's like one particular one, I can't remember her name, but she knows sign language. That's right. Like she can basically communicate with that's you right. almost like a person. And so we're like, well, that one's pretty smart. Exactly. Uh, the rest are not, but yeah, it's. And- so, you know, you know, I just think that sometimes I think about um, Bigfoot like that. It could be in between yeah. somewhere in between or really close to us. That's cool, man. Um, that's a cool so, thought. Um, but, still don't believe <laughs> <laughs> I like how I support it for 12 minutes and then yeah um but but I, I I'm not saying no but if you I I like to think about these kinds of things when I think about cryptozoology and UFOs like if you pin me down and it's like give me your answer you hold a gun to my head right now I'd have to say no I don't believe yeah um but um I wouldn't love that because there is a part of me that wants to believe in kind of does a little bit, but I don't know. And that's, it's fun. That's like, all I have to say. Like about we said that. before, it's fun to entertain the possibility. It is. It is. And, and it's, there is a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of woods and a lot of land that people don't go all the time. So, and, and one argument that I can totally blow up immediately is that, you know, well, if, if it existed, why wouldn't we find a dead a dead one? Well, if there's only a few to begin with, you know, that's a huge problem. But you don't go in the woods and find dead raccoons all the time and dead like a dead possum and a dead, you know, you do sometimes. Rarely. But those yeah. are those are creatures in abundance mm-hmm. and you rarely find those. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I, I totally understand it. Um God, I felt like I had a really good point that I was going to to add to that. I feel bad because I kept talking. No, no, not at all. It went away. I ruined it. (laughs) So, yeah, when I began this research, I was expecting to find uh, an explosion of Falk Monster sightings following the success of the Boggy Creek film. Mm -hmm. But that's not really the case. Uh, According to several sources, including FalkMonster.net, there were only about half a dozen prominent sightings in the next decade following the film's release. Uh, Interesting. Of, yeah, because don't you think that everybody would go down there and suddenly see it? But unless they just failed to report a lot of them on these sites that I checked out, but it was—I mean, I don't—I don't know why they would. It do makes that. me wonder if just it that movie got the new off of it. You yeah. know, it's 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 the last year's Christmas toy, and we're on to something else now. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, in the next decade. Uh, less than half a dozen, or no, I'm sorry, about a dozen, half a dozen sightings. Uh, one of them was in 77 when a, uh, a man reported seeing the creature while he was out fishing. He said the creature had walked down by some gravel pits and was eating some uh, blossoms off of a tree, which is kind of cute. I'm going to be honest. It's That's adorable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was the 70s, so maybe Bigfoot kind of went through the hippie thing as well. Or, probably did. I don't know. Another was the uh, the tale two brothers told of driving through the woods late one night. The creature supposedly leapt onto the trailer they were pulling and began to thrash around until they stopped the vehicle, at which point he fled. 
But the next cluster of sightings didn't seem to occur until about 20 years later. So throughout the 90s, many people claimed to have witnessed the phallic monster or at least some type of creature they couldn't explain. One such incident in 1992 had six witnesses. Okay, so the following is another account right from falcmonster.net. It was October 1992 near Falk. Six people, which is uh, five young men in one car and another man in a semi-truck, were traveling on uh, FM-134 around 11 p.m. Uh, they stopped their vehicles to watch a large, hairy animal walk upright across the road. The creature was estimated to be seven feet tall with a bulky frame covered in thick, bushy hair. It was clearly silhouetted in the headlights as it crossed the pavement and walked into a field where it disappeared into the darkness. All six witnesses got out of the vehicles and discussed the amazing sighting before they left the scene. Um, and this is another one that had quite a few witnesses. And it was also near Falk the next year in 93. Five people this time. And this was two men in a truck, a couple in a car, and another man in a semi were traveling on Highway 71 at about two in the morning. Uh, they stopped their vehicles to observe a large hairy animal standing on the side of the road. The creature stood about a hundred yards from the witnesses and was described as being ape-like, yet it moved on two legs like a man. After being observed, the growing crowd of people, I'm sorry, after observing the growing crowd of people for a few moments, it turned back and darted into the woods, running fast on two legs. The witnesses discussed the sighting before leaving the scene. Hmm. So that's another fairly prominent one. Um, so obviously some group sightings you know make people believe a little bit more yeah which, it does like the numbers which you know the, which i try to think i'm trying to rationalize it and then i think of something kind of like jamestown or not jamestown jonestown oh yeah yeah so obviously you can get a group of people you know persuade a certain way true um, so what i mean is you know five could come together to conspire i'm not saying they did but they could have it's a possibility. Yeah. You have to keep that possibility open. Um, I didn't want to just let it go. Well, six or f five or six said it, so it must be true. But true, yeah. obviously anyone listening is probably, they were probably thinking something similar, I would imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, other than a few spans of time here and there, like uh, between 2001 and 2009, uh, the sightings of the Falk monster did remain fairly frequent. Um, there was this incident frustrated me. It was in 2009 when a young lady who is a wildlife photographer claimed to have seen the creature. Um, if anyone was ever going to get a good photo, I think it would have been her, but, but she didn't, but mm. I got, I got upset for a minute and then I was like, well, I'm a musician, but I don't have my guitar around strapped around my body 24 seven. So just because that's yeah. her occupation didn't mean that, that's you know, true. no matter where she goes, she has yeah. her camera on her neck. Yeah. So I need to cut her some slack. Uh, but so many of the sightings share common details. Uh, the creature is almost always about seven feet tall, three to 400 pounds, covered in thick reddish-brown hair, bipedal, long arms that swing wide while it walks. Um, also, much like uh, most other Sasquatch and Bigfoot sightings, many have reported a rancid smell while witnessing the animal and an eerie howl or a moan. Although the Bigfoot legend was around quite a while before the Legend of Boggy Creek film, it uh, another film that really blew up the Bigfoot persona, and I bet you know which one it is. It was the Patterson Gimlin, and this is not oh, a film, as in a, yeah. a motion picture. See, I didn't, I wasn't following because, yeah, I was. Yeah, I kind of set that up. No, in the no, wrong it, way. it's okay, it's okay. It's uh, still, it's still a film. But that was the one that rocketed this elusive ape man to the forefront of pop culture. So let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, yeah, go ahead because I, I like, I like this, um, I like that film. 
Okay. Uh, and I, I didn't know this until I started researching it because, I mean, I've watched the Patterson-Gimlin film 50 mm-hmm. times. I didn't know the context that under which it was filmed. They were in that area filming a pseudo-documentary about cowboys with the help of an Indian guide who were searching for Bigfoot. Did you know that? No. I didn't either. So, yeah, Bob Gimlin was playing the part of the – which he he is a part Apache, I believe uh, – he was playing the part of the Indian guide, so he was like wearing a wig and costume, and, you know. And, and I haven't seen any of the other footage of the front guy because I don't guess that the Bigfoot film or documentary was ever finished. Um, but this was the summer of 1967. Uh, the pair was traveling around California trying to raise money for the film. It was during this time that they trademarked the name Bigfoot. So that, that name had been around for long before, but they trademarked it. By the fall of that year, they had their money, and they set out into the Six Rivers National Forest uh, in Northern California in Gimlin's truck, carrying provisions for the trip and pulling three horses along in a trailer. Uh, unlike so many other trigger-happy witnesses, though, Patterson made Gimlin promise to agree that if they did see the creature, no one would harm him, unless, you know, it was self-defense or something. Uh, Gremlin at this... Gimlin, Gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Don't he, feed him after he midnight. He made sure to not get wet and not be fed after midnight. That was the only stipulations before filming. Gimlin, at this point, Gremlin, was not an actual <laughs> believer but agreed anyways. After filming a few days, the pair were riding their horses roughly northeast, which would be upstream, uh, upstream on Bluff Creek. Uh, it was about 1.30 in the afternoon on Friday, October 20th, 1967. They rounded the creek bank, and uh, that is when they witnessed a large, bulky creature covered in thick, reddish-brown fur crouching by a tree. Um, they said their horses noticed at first, and the horses reared up, and, and, and Roger Patterson almost fell off. But he jumped off the horse, uh, steadied it, grabbed his camera out of the saddle bag... And then went around, and then that's when he caught the famous footage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so, like, he, he kicks on the camera. The creature notices them, stands up, walks away from the creek into the woods. And you know what I'm talking about, the yes. famous where it looks back over its mm-hmm. shoulder several times. Um, they were guessing. Uh, Roger Patterson seemed to embellish more as he told the story. Uh, Bob Gimlin stuck more to it was always about six feet tall. Uh, Patterson said it was six feet at first and then kind of went up to maybe it was seven and a half, almost eight feet. Kind of like that caught a fish this big. It walked on two legs, <laughs> had long swinging arms and what appeared to be breasts, which is a first. Yeah. But we've all seen it. So oh, yeah. they say they think it was a female. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the decades, the film has been examined by countless believers and skeptics alike and has actually been pretty difficult to debunk. Basically, the consensus is that it's either authentic or a fantastic hoax. Roger Patterson, Patterson, I'm sorry, died of cancer uh, only five years later, but Bob Gimlin is still alive to this day. For decades, he wouldn't discuss the film at all. But starting in early 2000s, I want to say about 2005, he finally embraced his role in what is arguably the holy grail of evidence for all cryptozoologists. Mm-hmm. Bob now gives regular talks at conventions and still claims the film and sighting are real. Although over the years, several people have came forward to claim that it was in fact a hoax and they had helped, but their stories could not be verified. The Patterson-Gimlin film remains hotly argued to this day. To believers, it is the equivalent of the Zabruder film. 
Uh, to skeptics, it's nothing more than an elaborate hoax pulled off by a guy in a gorilla suit <laughs> in Northern California. Yeah, so I remember a particular episode of something I was watching, and they did the analyzing of the video, and they did all these measurements. And um, basically, I mean, it wasn't very well done. I'm not denying the results, but the thing that I witnessed, I remember coming away for it, from it thinking, that's a bunch of junk. <laughs> but basically, this guy said, based on these measurements, there is no way that this could have been faked. <laughs> so, to me, that's not a very scientific thing to um, say. So, um, I, I can't think of the guy's last name. It's Andy. He's an act, actor now. He's been in a lot of... He, he's, he played Gollum. Um, oh yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, I don't know his last name, he, but I he's known as like one of the most famous body actors. Now he can, you know, and I'll, I'll obviously, um, you know, Lord of the Rings is CGI. Whenever they made that, yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I think you're just really um, you're painting with a real, really narrow brush if you if you say something so bold as that. Yeah, and another th- we've talked about this before. A phrase that I hate. When, when someone says, well, this is my opinion or, or I believe this and nothing will convince me otherwise. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is I, – I, I, I can't – I don't understand that. I don't understand that because I can be convinced otherwise of sure. basically anything. Sure. If I see exactly. good enough evidence. Exactly. You know? Um, so, yeah. I just that, – that, that phrase or whatever I mean, always – hmm. I'm trying to think of a scenario – I mean, I guess if if Bigfoot ran in this room and, you know, did something and ran out, I guess maybe I could say that. Well, yeah, true. But I mean, I don't know. I don't I guess I'm I don't know. Maybe (laughs) it's it's uh, maybe there's there are some exceptions to that. Like there are. I mean, there's. okay, okay. think about this. So someone comes in and says, well, uh, did you know that the coffee that you were drinking before the podcast, we, you know. Did you know there wasn't something in that? It wasn't, you know, <laughs> I, I'm go, I'm reaching for, yeah. you know, grasping at straws. But, and I, I think the spirit of what you were saying is something that you did not directly witness or a, were a part of. Right. For you to say, you right. can't convince me otherwise. Right. We'll have to make an exception for, for facts like, uh, you know, uh, pine wood can burn. Yeah, and I'll never be convinced otherwise. I mean, we we have to go, yeah, into the realm of. But but if it's already if it's something that's kind of fringe, yeah, um, in fringe, some, yeah, exactly. okay, yeah, <laughs> segue. <laughs> so accounts of Bigfoot, Yeti, Sasquatch, or whatever you want to call them have been circulating for centuries all over the world and on every continent except Antarctica. Most describe basically the same animal, and I know, I tell you, it's going to be repetitive, but tall, hairy, ape-like creature walks on two legs, has long, powerful arms, and there's a, a, a rancid smell accompanying. The creature has been mentioned in Indian tales, folklore, books, movies, and has been the subject of countless documentaries and television shows. It's not uncommon to see Bigfoot's image on car window stickers, T-shirts, TV commercials, or monster trucks. And speaking of TV shows, let's talk about. I had. I want to talk about Finding Bigfoot. Okay. On Animal Planet, I, I've watched maybe two episodes. I think I've watched maybe two. Okay. <laughs> um, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, a huge problem I have with this is the the knocking. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things I can I can 
let go. But, you know, it's almost like the... Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's because you hear a bang across the woods, it's Sasquatch. They're walking through the woods. Marco! <laughs> um, I, but I, I don't know. It's It's... I don't get the logic. Same thing on the ghost hunter shows. I mean, there are a lot more plausible explanations to, you know, Mm. Oh, we had a look at my meter. We had a temperature surge at this spot, you know, three degrees. Yeah. It got three degrees warmer and the camera guys like colder. Oh, I farted right there. (laughs) Sorry. My bad. I'll never tell that I'll ruin the shit. It's a poltergeist. There's a foul odor. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, with I think I think we've solved some with, of that. <laughs> with finding Bigfoot though, the the couple of episodes that I've watched, it's ridiculous because these dudes go out into the forest and somewhere in the darkness they hear leaves crunching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the guy literally is like, Oh, it's real squatchy, man. I think that's Bigfoot. Squatch. Listen. We, I don't even live. At I least don't, the ghost hunters don't, don't walk in a building and be like, it's kind of ghosty in here. I don't know if you notice. <laughs> but like, I don't live in the, in, in the they city. They actually do kind of do that, actually. They, they do. Okay, okay. They do. But they, they don't do. say ghosty. It's real. No, I haven't heard of ghosty yet, but I like that. It's a good descriptive <laughs> word. But like, right where I live mm-hmm. and where you live, like, I don't live in town. I don't live way out in the wilderness. But town is like five minutes from here. Mm-hmm. And even where I live, we could go outside right now because, you know, there's woods all around my house. At, you, at, at almost any given moment, we can look out in my backyard. I've seen deer, mm-hmm. squirrels, armadillos, raccoons. Exactly. Uh, the year after we bought this place, there was a, a, a black bear yeah. down in this field right down here. Coyotes, you hear them all the yeah. time. So, yeah, I just always thought that was especially it's ridiculous. Squatchy. It's not squatchy. It's it's a raccoon. It's a squirrel. It's, it's a night squirrel. You yeah. Fe- you ignorant. Yeah. It's just any any sound they hear, yeah. it is automatically, yeah. that's Bigfoot, guys. Like, I can feel it in my bones, you know? Yeah. No, you want to. Yeah, you, want you, to. Do, you do want to. It's like when I go outside, and this is a thing with me all the time. You, I mean, you can ask Jess. It's ridiculous. But, like, anytime we're outside and I see a light, if I don't see it flash for a second, <laughs> I'm like, look, 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 look. Like thousands of times I've done this. What yeah. is that? What is yeah. that? And she's like, it's a freaking airplane. Okay. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not flashing. She's like, yes, it is. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. It is. it is flashing, but whatever. All okay. aliens have to do is have flashing lights <laughs> and everyone. Oh, it's a plane. Yeah. Right side, red, left side, blue. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so back to some science content, you know, if, if you are, are one of our loyal listeners and you get tired of when I do this, I I'm not apologizing. Um, but here I go. Um, our brains, one reason we survived and to this point is our ability to see, to, 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 uh, see patterns. So if we know, if we heard something in the woods, we could look and we could try to find something symmetrical because if we find something symmetrical, it's probably an animal because in nature there are trees obviously that are symmetrical, but but not like not like a creature form symmetrical. Yeah. So okay. we see like two shoulders and a head, you know, oh that's another hunter or or a bear mm-hmm. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um but we're we're really good at that. And we're so good at that that when it's when it's not there, we still see it because of 
maybe just by chance because some foliage has that shape. Yeah. So yeah, our brains are trained. Here's a good example of that. In, in, in our bathroom downstairs, the tile floor has this kind of like fake marble-ish type of mm-hmm. design. And I don't know how many times I've been sitting there using the bathroom and, and I just, you stare at the floor. You, I've picked out patterns on mm-hmm. that, just in that, that random that, I, I of like too. a That's face. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Oh, that looks like looks a face. like a guy like smiling weird. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the whole like, let's lay on our back and make uh, the like, clouds. The clouds. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that, that's, and that is a survival technique because, um, and this isn't coming from my brain. I've read about this. I, I can't cite it because I can't remember the source, but you'll just have to trust me on this. Just trust him. Um, but we would see that shape and maybe, maybe examine it more and figure out it's not the thing we thought it might be. Or we run or move or yeah. throw something at it or shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe that's not so dumb. At maybe re-examining that, that's not so stupid. Yeah, that's these stupid. guys had a, had the right idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that is, that's like a strength of ours that becomes a weakness in mm. a way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there there that is. I'm just going to throw that out there like a, <laughs> like a wet T-shirt. So, yeah, this is what, what, what that is a wet T-shirt. <laughs> Wet is isn't there a saying? Throw something out there like a wet something. I don't know. I don't. Please Google that. Someone wet so, T-shirt. That's, that's another pattern. A that's pattern an entirely there. different pattern. Yes. Yes. Uh, it symmetrical is. though. Okay. Anyway, we need to get past that. <laughs> so this is what I wanted to get to right here. Evidence slash probability. I wrote down. Sure. When all is said and done, there's one question and only one: Is this thing real? Maybe not even all the accounts, even just one. To keep this from being an 11-hour podcast, let's just simplify things by focusing on the Falk monster. And to simplify things even more, we're going to break it down into two categories, evidence for and against. And I'll tell you, here's my evidence for, and you can elaborate on this. Sure. Evidence for. Basically, the evidence for the existence of the Falk monster are all the eyewitnesses. Mm -hmm. Over the years, hundreds of people have reported seeing the creature, including farmers, Hunters, campers, skeptics, famous musicians, and law enforcement. Most people... Is that the dog hacking again? I At least he didn't sneeze. That's Ziggy, ladies and gentlemen. Falk monster. Ziggy. <laughs> yeah, the, the Falk monster has allergies. You prove it isn't true. <laughs> Most sightings have strikingly similar details. I'm not going to go through all those again, even though I wrote them down. The sightings span a few hundred miles along Route 71, but focus mainly around the little town of Falk and Boggy Creek. Other than the sightings, the only physical evidence would be the various plaster casts produced over the years, the damage to the Ford home, and the injuries to Bobby Ford in the supposed attack. That's the only evidence for. Do you have any other? Well, um, can I tell you a story just in it? Yeah. Sort of relevant. Sure. So um, I was always afraid of being abducted by aliens. I watched an episode of Unsolved Mysteries where a guy (laughs) woke up and at the end of his bed, there were aliens. And they had almond eyes, almond-shaped eyes, big head, green, you know. Um, and that scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't go to sleep. I'd, I'd always, like, you know, go sleep in the living room next to my mom and dad's room and stuff. Um, but I remember one night um, making myself feel better because I had this thought. Because I always thought, okay, the sightings are all the same, so it's got, it has to be real. 
they wouldn't just keep saying the same thing over and over again because I was thinking confirmation. Oh, there's another another sighting. That's real. yeah, yeah. Another sighting. That's real. But I remember, I remember this thought. I have having this thought. Wait a second. Maybe they're all the same is because they keep hearing that and they're just repeating it. Now it's nothing brilliant, but for a seven year old kid. <laughs> oh, you were just seven. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. That I is remember thinking deep. like, well, maybe not seven, maybe like ten or something. Even before. for ten or twelve, that's yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, so maybe they're just repeating what they've heard. Now I can go to sleep. And it did make me feel better instantly. Really? So, that, and that's kind of the same thing with Bigfoot. I mean, it's it's confirmation bias. I mean, because, uh, well, actually, that's not the, that's not a great usage of that. But you hear it and then you regurgitate it. Yeah. So just because there's more and more and more evidence, I mean... That in a police investigation, you just keep taking the same report over and over again, and you just investigate that because there's so many reports. But you don't just automatically, you know, it just doesn't close the case, right? Because there's because so many was, reports. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, it wasn't unsolved mysteries. It was uh, the thing that got me scared of aliens was fire in the sky. Remember when that, that came out? A, that was a great movie and a great story. Love it. And and I'm Travis still Walton. sort of on the well, not on the fence. I mean, uh, it's cool. It, I don't know. Yeah. To this day, Travis Walton still swears. Yeah. That, yeah. That... It, I mean, that's like the smoking gun of the um, that. And then the um, the couple that were driving. Uh, oh, Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. And then they had the star charts. Yeah. That was the first uh, abduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the first purported abduction. Yeah. That but used yeah. to kind of scare me. Yeah. That was in the 50s. Betty and Barney yeah. Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, those two were pretty crazy. Yeah. But there's there's. You know, obviously we could poke holes and all those. And I know we're talking about UFOs a lot, but I think a Bigfoot and UFO. Uh, I kind of do too. In fact, very similar. On my on my Fender guitar hanging out there, there I've got a sticker of a UFO abducting a Bigfoot. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They could be related. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So I I knew a guy one time. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because this is kind of fringe. <laughs> oh, is it? Anyway, I um, like that word. Go ahead. Uh, time travelers are. Um, the UFO people. That's us. Okay, I've heard future. that theory. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's kind of cool to talk about. It's fun, just yeah. For, just for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's people coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, so anyway, that's all I've said about that. Oh, it is? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to elaborate on that because we're getting with the way away from Bigfoot when you talk about that. And let's Bigfoot is a creature from the future that's coming back. Maybe so. Yeah, we just got way, way hairier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's it for, for, with evidence four. That's what we have. Okay. 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 So, this one, this one's going to be a longer part. Evidence okay. against. <laughs> okay. So, here's what I have. Uh, yeah. Many people have seen, uh, have claimed to see the Falk monster. Uh, many people have also claimed to see Elvis since he died, right? Uh, as we've discussed before on this podcast, I would test. he's not dead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, that was the sore subject. Yes. It, the it king was. is alive. He is. <laughs> but, you know, eyewitness testimony is not definitive proof. It has also been rumored by skeptics that the Falk monster uh, never even appeared in print until 1971 concerning the supposed attack on Bobby Ford. And it was only after this that all the other previous accounts seemed to pop up from history. But I did find this. The, uh, the, the article in 1856 in the Louisiana Cato Gazette does exist for sure. But it technically describes a, quote, wild man covered in hair, unquote, and, and, and not a creature. So, I mean, that could, that, sure. 
I don't know what, do what you will with that. Um, to me, it still sounds a like feral, you, a feral human. Yeah. If you'd never seen a Bigfoot and that term didn't exist, if you saw him, you might say a wild man covered in for, air. For or, some reason, I'm kind of, I'm always kind of, um, you know, I'm receptive to hearing about how they found a picture of a Bigfoot, you know, in a cave painting. I, I don't know why my rational brain's like, oh, well, that's just another eyewitness. But the other part of me is like, oh, because they did it on a cave painting. <laughs> you know, you, you ever notice the, I, I don't know why, I don't know why I'm like that. It's just like... <laughs> Because it's older, the, it it's makes more it relevant. like historical, yeah, and, yeah, and it yeah. gives it more. Credence. It's in the historical record. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with UFOs on a rock, which they have been seen. Yes, uh, and painted and found. I don't know why I trust that more than than a, than some video of it. I don't either. But yeah, it's the same thing because <laughs> I mean I've seen ancient aliens and there are paintings of, I mean pretty freaking definitive yeah. UFOs and like people sure. with apparently like. Uh, we keep going to UFOs. I think we need to do a UFO episode. <laughs> I guess we do. I can't help it. Um, okay, anyway, let's get back to this. I was able to verify whether or not the 1955 account in the Victoria Advocate was real or not. So we just leave that one into the ethos there. Uh, also, despite being witnesses, witnessed sorry, so many times by so many people, not a single photo or video of the Falk monster has ever been brought forward except for uh, the, the, the Patterson-Gimlin film, which is... Uh, Hotly debated, yeah. and 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 I'm reminded of Mitch that's a Californian. Monster, that's right, <laughs> not an Arkansas. I'm reminded of Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, he said maybe Bigfoot's just blurry. Yeah, that that's why might be the problem. Yeah, like, and, and he said that's way more scary. Yeah, a big out of focus creature <laughs> roaming through the woods. Rest in peace, Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, many hair, bone, and scat samples have been brought forward from the woods and tested in hopes of providing proof that the creature truly exists, but all have turned out to be, uh, belong to common woodland critters that are far less exotic than a giant ape man. Mm -hmm. Uh, the closest thing to a tangible physical evidence ever produced have been the plaster foot cast, the injuries on Bobby Ford and the damage to the Ford home. But these all seem fairly easy to dismiss. If you're a skeptic, anyone can make a cast of a foot. Anyone can cause damage to their home with a hammer and say it was a monster. And you'd have to be a little messed up or sadistic, but you could injure yourself and say that mm -hmm. uh, a monster did that too. Not saying he did, but I'm saying it's possible. Also, mm -hmm. it can't be ignored that a large part of the information in the legend of Boggy Creek film was provided by one man, Smokey Crabtree, uh, which I'll just urge the listeners, if you, if our, our four listeners, if you're curious about Smokey Crabtree, uh, I think he passed away in 2016, but he was a, he wrote a book called Smoky Crabtree and the lead uh, and the Fountain Creek monster or something like that. Anyway, he was a big time, uh, Bigfoot proponent, right, right up to his death. So much of the weight of his statements depends on whether or not you find the man credible or not though. By all accounts, he was genuine, but even those with the best of intentions can be made uh, mistaken or misguided. Yeah. Maybe they should have, um, hooked him up to a polygraph. And only say that so we could mention polygraph in every single episode we've <laughs> and, ever done. And then I say, I don't really put a lot of weight in polygraphs. <laughs> I just say, uh, it's tradition now. It is. We have to bash polygraphs. Yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah. So, uh, I wanted to throw this in here. Other explanations. Mm -hmm. So, tell me what you think about this. Sure. Uh, although rare, new, and previously unknown species of animals are found to this day, 
uh, and, and this, well, in the insect kingdom, way more. Um, just in the past few years, the sorting hat spider, the Casanova millipede, and two new species of ants have been found. But uh, a new species of dolphin was recently discovered in Brazil's... Uh, there you go. There's one in here now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, be, I just became the cheesy sound effects guy. I should have the board with all the buttons. Where were you at when I was talking about the mysterious howl? But yeah, this new species of dolphin, river dolphin, was just discovered in oh, Brazil's river Aragaya River Basin, mm-hmm. along with the slender hood rat recently it, discovered in South Pacific Island of Sulawesi, east of Borneo. It, were there other river dolphins? I've never heard of that. There are, but this okay, is just a different see, species. I, see, I'm very um, uninformed on dolphins. I didn't know that either, though, that there river were river dolphins. dolphins. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and although it wasn't a brand new discovery of a species, I couldn't leave out the coelacanth. A species of fish thought to have been extinct for 66 million years until a specimen was discovered off the coast of South Africa in 1938. And since then, there's been like dozens of those specimens alive, caught. I mean, they're like on display. Yeah. And and we thought that they were part of the fossil record. You know, it's crazy. Um, While testing hair samples that have been sent in with the claim that they belong to a Bigfoot or Sasquatch type creature, researchers recently discovered a possible new species of bear. Two hair samples that had been sent from the Himalayas, one from a sample of a bear killed 40 years ago in India, and another collected 10 years ago, not far from that same place in India, matched perfectly with the DNA of a 40,000-year-old jawbone of a polar bear. More testing is being done, but there's a pretty big possibility that these samples uh, have, may have descended from a different long-ago liaison between ancient brown and, and polar bears. The discoveries of new species, the rediscoveries of species previously considered extinct, and discoveries of a possible new type of polar bear, uh, a brown bear polar bear hybrid, only bolster the hopes of believers that some sort of undiscovered ape humanoid-like creature, perhaps a new species or missing link from our evolutionary chain, could be out there waiting to be found. Yeah. Well, I wish, and I don't know why we can't be excited about a new species of insect the way we're excited about Bigfoot. I know, because I just totally cast that off, like, screw them. Obviously the size, I mean, the size and the mysterious thing, but, you know, we we find species all the time, um, especially in the ocean, because we we haven't explored everything, obviously. Um, But for some reason, we just can't, um, you know, we can't be as excited about it. I know. That's kind of sad that I just cast that off. No, no, you didn't. I mean, humanity does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you're a scientific professional, obviously, you know, uh, some someone in the science field finds one and they're buzzing about it and they're, they're writing, they're doing research about it and, and doing articles and, and all those types of things. But um, the general public, I guess they can just at, read yeah. an article like, new cave fish found. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Who, who cares about yeah. that? What do you want for dinner? You want Subway or yeah. uh, Arby's? Yeah. Oh, they found so, a new cave fish? We, yeah. we just, we should be more excited, I guess, but we're, we're just not in, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why we're not. Well, you know, I, I said the size and things like that. Yeah. And, and obviously there's something about that we would be close cousins to this thing if we find it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's probably a lot of it too. Yeah. True. So, are you ready for the conclusion? Sure. So, all right, here we go. At the end of the day, and this is mine, and then you can... Right. Uh, At the end of the day, whether or not people believe seems to depend a lot on what they want to believe. As with politics, religion, and every other subject of debate, 
this too is uh, susceptible to confirmation bias, denying evidence against what you want to believe and accepting evidence that supports it. While researching for this podcast, I uh, ended up on forums where people were discussing Bigfoot and I saw the exact same piece of evidence be pointed to by both sides and each side was saying, see this, it's, you know, it it was Mm -hmm. mind boggling. Each side saying that that proved their point, looking at the same thing. It's just because there's just so little. So they have to point to the little bit that exists that they can both agree that exists evidence wise. Yeah. So they have to pull that into their, I, I mean, I'm not trying to say that like a camp or whatever. But, but it almost is. It's almost like you once you're on your side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, too many of us pretend to weigh the evidence, but actually just believe what we want to believe. I can honestly say that I entered into this with no bias. Uh, despite thinking it would be awesome if we found a Bigfoot, wanting to believe in Bigfoot, and you know, I even have the Bigfoot sticker on my guitar and on sure. the Volkswagen. I am a realist, though. And although I said we'd keep a focus on the Falk monster earlier, I can safely say all forms of this creature... Uh, I can include them all in my conclusion. And that conclusion is, although, like my hero, Fox Mulder, I want to believe, I don't. Uh, But that is subject to change at any moment because I do want to believe. The whimsical part of my brain says that uh, about a third of the United States is covered in forest. And that's 747 million acres. And and so the whimsical part of my brain is like, there could be a whole whole family, hundreds of them. Yeah. But the logical part of my brain reminds me that although there have been thousands of sightings, there has never been any tangible, solid physical proof. Mm -hmm. No bone, no body, no hair, no saliva, no blood, no scat, not even a good picture or video unless you count the Patterson-Gimlin film. But uh, you'd think that out of all these sightings, all those encounters with humans, that just one authentic sample of something would have been found. Yeah. Uh, just one blood or saliva sample, a picture that doesn't suck, anything. Now, I don't mean to insult or question the integrity of the wonderful folks who witnessed this creature down in Falk or anywhere else. I think that many of these people wholeheartedly believe they saw what they saw. I just wish, if it really exists, that I could see it too. Or at least some proof, because I want to believe. But until I see it, uh, or proof of it, I'll never stop wondering... Where on earth is the Falk monster? Nice. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. So I guess, wow, that is insane, man. Thank you all for listening. We will we will explain this situation and maybe in the next episode, but just know that uh, the podcast gods have our back, right? That's all for this time. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. If you find it interesting when people disappear, or alien abductions with a probe in their rear, if you enjoy strange stories or messed up news, I think we might just have the podcast for you. Yeah, we talk about things like the Hornet Swoop Light, which phobia makes you lie awake at night, and crazy ass murders that are still, still unsolved. unsolved. We even did one on a haunted doll. So are we!
and our topics are a very wide variety. You can always check us out at DonnaMendes.com. We don't mean to brag, but we've been told it's love. You can also follow us on Twitter at Dawn of Mantis. Listen to the podcast on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts.